Good evening, hushlings, and welcome. I present your preceptors to the underbelly of the void, the whispers of conjecture, and the known of the unknown. Thus begins the conclave of the Hush Hush Society. What's up, hushlings? I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mystery Mike. And as always, we're joined by our associate, Slick Frog Sanders. How's it going? Happy to be here. Welcome to the inaugural podcast of the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. Yeah, the first one, guys. We diving it in, cracking it open. Super hyped. We will be releasing episodes every other Monday on all streaming platforms. We're literally everywhere. If you're hearing us, thank you for coming. We will be exploring different conspiracy theories. We will cover some things you may know. We may teach you some new things. Opening up the mysteries, guys constantly it's gonna be pretty exciting you can catch us on all our social medias you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram just look for hush hush society conspiracy hour the same thing for all streaming platforms this week we are jumping into an oldie we're going to be exploring the philadelphia experiment and the montauk project interesting stuff guys very exciting. When I was looking into the Philadelphia experiment, I initially thought that were there wasn't a whole lot of information about it, but as you dug deeper and deeper into it, you start going down the rabbit hole per se. I started looking into a lot of things. A lot of things. It's just it's so deep. I spent a couple hours the other day just on Philadelphia experiment. It goes into so many other programs and so many other things that people talk about with this stuff. And it's something that I've heard of before, but it's not something I've really touched on too much. And I didn't had zero idea that it was that, that deep. So let, let's hear about some of the findings. What did you guys discover? The Philadelphia experiment was kind of a military experiment that was put on by the U.S. Navy in the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard, October 28th, 1943. The conspiracy goes that a U.S. Navy destroyer escort, the USS Eldridge, claimed to have been cloaked or gone invisible. Some people say that it was transported. Some people say that it went into a dimensional wormhole. The findings behind it are so widespread. There was one account where it cloaked completely in the harbor. And that was something that I had seen maybe 15, 20 years ago on the Discovery Channel, a documentary. Really? Yeah. And then reading more of it, now there's other claims that some people that were even aboard this thing say it teleported from Philadelphia Naval Shipyard to New York City. Now, I'm not well adversed at the Naval Shipyards in New York City other than the ones that are near it in Connecticut. But if it teleported that way, then it had to have gone somewhere. They also say that it went to Virginia, that it it transported Mm -hmm. to Virginia. And then there were claims that when it did reappear back in Philadelphia, that the crew members had been kind of melded into the ship. When they were transported, their bodies were reappearing into the walls of the ship, into the hull. Which is uh, something that was taken into the Cloverfield Paradox movie that was, I believe, on Netflix, where people were fusing into the hull. And it also goes back to the Galaxy Quest. Yeah. (laughs) Where they're teleporting people and they have some weird alien life forms that are just inside out and all that other stuff. 
Was this transportation like happening instantly or was there some sort of buffer time? Is there any information on that? Because I, I couldn't find anything. I heard that there was a few hour difference. There was a story floating around that the captain of the ship of the USS Eldridge was telling his son that he had gone to take a nap during these experiments that were happening on the ship. And when he woke up, they were in Virginia, which is, that's odd. But the experiments that were supposed to be going on to the ship was a degaussing experiment. So if you know anything about degaussing, degaussing is something that they do to the hulls of ships so that sonar radar does not pick up the ship. Okay. I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's it's a pretty common thing now, especially when you get into blackbirds and stealth bombers and stuff like that. Degaussing is one of those things that makes radar inefficient against these ships. So... They said that there was a degaussing thing going on. Some of the crews said that Einstein was on the ship and he had Tesla coils and there was these crazy green fogs going on around the ship when they started firing up these machines. There's so many different things from different crew members and different people that were there. Some people say this never happened. And this was 1943. Yep. So I would imagine that most of these people are not living anymore. No. That have made these claims. But there are a couple of statements from people that have since passed that are pretty interesting. Very interesting. The initial story was passed on to Morris K. Jessup. Jessup was an astronomer. He was a UFO researcher, and he was an author of books. He wrote a book called The Case for the UFO, where he wanted to keep exploring unidentified flying objects. He thought that they deserved more research and people should keep looking into them. This man, Carl M. Allen, who for some odd reason went by a pen name or identified himself in different letters as Carlos Miguel Allende. So Carlos Miguel Allende sent these, sent a couple letters to Morris K. Jessup about this story. It's very strange. You know, I recently have been watching some stuff on the web about this Philadelphia experiment, how it ties into the whole secret space program that the United States government, that isn't the United States government has about going either teleportation or cloaking or going intergalactic. It's all tied into this. From what I thought Philadelphia experiment was as a just cloaking experiment to this whole rabbit hole of, that connects to most other projects that you can talk about, like the Montauk project that we're talking about as well well yeah all all of the technology it correlates directly this is kind of just like the start of it i suppose this is one of the originating kind of conspiracy theories especially since it takes place in the 40s there were so many different variations to carlos alendi's story he originally said that the ship was teleported to new york then he said that it went to another dimension then he mentioned aliens then he talks about how it teleported through time there were so many different things he said that there were sailors who had died who when they got back they refused to the ship's hold there were sailors who had contracted different 
ailments and diseases and such crazy, crazy things. Now, th this was all just subjugated to this one ship in particular, right? So they were essentially just the beginning test subjects of this technology. If you look at it, basically, what everybody was told is that it was a degaussing thing. And from there, I think the stories kind of grew. Besides Carlos Miguel Alande and his story telling it to Jessup and all this other stuff, you have this legend that kind of grew around the ship and grew around what was going on during the degaussing from the different colored fog and then them saying that the ship had disappeared right before their eyes. So we keep saying the word degaussing. For those who don't know, degaussing is the process of decreasing or eliminating a magnetic field. And according to Wikipedia, it was named after Carl Frederick Goss. And so it's removing unwanted magnetism from a quote television or monitor in order to correct color disturbance, if that makes any sense <laughs> yeah <laughs> to folks <Yeah. laughs> carlos alande his story i want to say was fabricated i i think it was obviously fabricated there were a few things that kind of were fishy especially about his story the experiment was supposed to be based on an aspect of something called unified field theory which was something that albert einstein had come up with along with some other people that he was researching it with other physicists other scientists and unified field theory is it's kind of talking about the elementary particles of physics and virtual fields and i mean it's crazy stuff that i am not going to even pretend to understand i am not a physicist no <laughs> no sir no not even close but as interesting because i looked up carlos alande and in this small publication in colorado where he passed away there was the story that they ran entitled mystery man offers deathbed state which they interviewed carlos alande about the experiments and he kind of reiterated all the things that he had already said saying that einstein was on the ship and he believed that quote he believed we could travel faster than the speed of light. That's what he was doing, and they didn't even know it. Says Alande maintains that in October of 1943, he was in a convoy of ships sailing to Algeria. They did experiments then. I say they must have done it 144 times. I don't know. At least a thousand men have seen the ship become invisible. They radiated the target ship with electromagnetic beams. It started out as an experiment in degaussing ships so they wouldn't attract mines and in making ships invisible to radar. But Einstein took it farther than anyone expected. He made the ship invisible to your eyes. Interesting. My issue with that is he says there's thousands of men that saw that this ship became invisible. Well, a thousand, a thousands of those men in the 40s are, are not here to, to make testimonies. But even so. You know? Why wouldn't they try to at least yeah when they were living yeah. go, or tell somebody who would tell somebody you know something along those lines yeah the book of secrecy is deep yeah for real. <laughs> you know like how many people going i mean there's only a, a handful of folks that that come forward to certain things and especially with stuff like this i mean you're dealing with something from the early 40s 90 percent of those people are either in their latter stages of life almost <laughs> almost ready to go at, or not here anymore so it's a whole different generation of how things were perceived. So we, we have a whole different whistleblower generation and the folks that were born in either the 60s, 70s, 80s. It's a whole different generation than the folks that were born in the 
40s, 30s, 40s, 50s. You know, it's that's true. We do. They do have a little bit more allegiance. They thought it was more in their favor to just kind of like stay quiet about it. Yeah, maybe the, the 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 actual fear of what can happen was more heightened at that point in time. Yeah, absolutely. That. But also, you have to understand, this is taking place during the 40s. We're in the throes of World War II. You have so, an entire country who was thrown ads in ad space yeah buy bonds be a true american and the nationalism of the united states during the 40s 50s and 60s was super heightened so now you have all these americans who are proud americans they're not going to turn around during the 40s especially and if they were servicemen during that time and quote unquote go against their country that's a very patriotic time everyone do their part to end this and part of that was keeping quiet about government shit yep <laughs> don't want to get in the wrong hands that's no. for sure there's another excerpt from this newspaper clipping about Carlos Allende, and I found it pretty interesting and I kind of dug into it. So he said, Einstein and his team were using the Navy for their research. The whole group was Jewish. He said, Steinmetz wound the coils on the beam generator. It was based on the work of Tesla, but only Steinmetz could make the winding. That little dwarf, a hunchback, was the world's best researcher. So, I looked up the name Steinmetz. When you go to look up Steinmetz, you come across Charles Proteus Steinmetz. Now, Charles Proteus Steinmetz was a German-born American mathematician and electrical engineer and professor at Union College. You would think he's kind of in the same field as Einstein. If you go to images, like a little Google image, you can see pictures of Charles Steinmetz with Tesla and Einstein. So it becomes feasible that, okay, in the 40s, maybe these guys all got together, they get on this ship, they're doing research about unified field theory, and they're testing stuff out. They're using Tesla coils to power the ship. But looking at the dates of Steinmetz's life, Charles Steinmetz died October 26th, 1923. Almost exactly 20 years too early for the Philadelphia experiment. So when Carlos Alande comes out and says Steinmetz was on this ship and he was doing all these things, sorry, you just read something about Einstein and all his friends trying to prove unified field theory. What's interesting about all this too, when you mentioned Tesla, is that he passed away 10 months or so before this experiment. See, so there you go. He, t he passed away on January 7th, 1943. Also at the Wyndham, Helen, Wyndham Hotel in New York, a place where this supposed ship from one alleged sailor says that they landed or teleported. What was there to gain by having fabricated who was there and what they were doing? Well, like... Were, were they trying to hide who was actually behind the the science or whatever they were doing to the ship? Are you talking about Carlos Alande? Like him? Yeah, what yeah. Did he why why would he him? lie about that? Well, I mean, what does any quote unquote whistleblower or liar, <laughs> for for the most basic <laughs> term, what do they gain? from lying it's attention you get people that are coming to you and they're saying well were you on the uss eldridge you really saw this happen this sounds insane this is crazy tell me more about it because at the core of everything people want to believe that there is these insane things happening especially when it's military research yeah
Hey, future applauders. Do you sit with your friends and rant at great length about things you're passionate about? Do you like listening to people talk about a movie longer than it would take you to actually watch the movie? You may be interested in Shocked and Applaud. Every episode has multiple parts that you can listen to throughout the month. We're going to laugh. We're going to talk about what's problematic. But really, it comes down to talking about movies. You can visit us at shockedandapplaud.com, on Twitter at shockedapplaud, and Facebook at shockedandapplaud. We hope to see you there. Do you want to know things about video games? How about consumer-oriented reviews, honest opinions, hot takes, and predictions? Well, you're listening to the right ad. Introducing the Lit Gaming Arena Podcast, Season 2. We bring you two episodes every week. Terminal News, which focuses on all the latest gaming news you'll ever need. And the LGA Cast, where we talk about all the games we're playing and the gaming industry in general. And we do not hold back any punches. We also have the occasional wacky guest. So don't miss out. Subscribe to us today. You can find us on our website, lga.gg, and on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever podcast app you use. Again, that's the Lit Gaming Arena podcast at lga.gg. Looking into some of the things that were supposedly going on with the Eldritch, there was the claim of invisibility. There was the claim of going to a different dimension. There was claim of going to space and meeting up with aliens. And this is all coming from Alande and from author Morris K. Jessup, who he told. When you look at the actual facts of it all, nothing was confirmed by the crew of the Eldridge. The story overall is kind of seen as a hoax. The Eldridge, January 15th, 1951, was transferred under the Mutual Defense Assistant Act to Greece, where she turned into... Leon, that was the name of the ship after the Eldridge. Leon was decommissioned November 1992 and then was sold to a scrapyard, V&J Scrap Metal Trading Limited, which so, is So it was debunked. completely dismantled. Rest so we don't peace. we don't even have that anymore. No. There's not even anything left of the ship. I would say I tried to kind of look into Well, that's suspect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I tried to kind of look into V&J scrap metal trading. Nothing really comes up. It's a company that is no longer. They don't exist anymore. Yeah. So I tried to see uh, if figure. maybe there was a piece of the ship, a piece of metal from the ship, anything that had been analyzed or looked at. Nothing came up. So it's kind of a dead end when it comes to the Eldritch. Overall, not much left of it. I don't think that's a coincidence by any chance. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's be real. Let's be real. So yeah, all the stuff that comes with the Philadelphia Experiment, it ties into something else called the Montauk Project, which is another conspiracy theory that talks about the U.S. government, where they conducted experiments or projects at uh, Camp Hero in Montauk Air Force Station in Montauk, New York, in Long Island, where they did psychological warfare techniques, which also included time travel, which goes along with what's going on if there was teleportation or going to a different dimension with... The USS Eldridge. Yeah, the Montauk Project c 
kind of dove into the usage of psychedelic drugs. Yeah, LSD. mainly LSD. That was a lot of MK Ultra too, which we will touch on later. <laughs> they say during the 80s, a lot of homeless folk went missing around Montauk, New York, and people were saying, hey, these homeless people are being taken by the government. They're being brought to Camp Hero given a bunch of LSD, not for the fun of it. <laughs> and they're doing all these tests. They're trying to get these people to be mind readers and light shit on fire and create things out of nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you read anything on the uh, Montauk chair? Speaking of making things appear out of nothing, all of that nonsense, that's some crazy stuff. So they were having psychically strong subjects try to uh, channel energy and kind of visualize an object in their mind to attempt to have it be created or appear on a, a different part of the base. It wasn't always successful, allegedly. Sometimes the, the object would just disappear after creation or it would kind of just fade or crumble away. Really weird stuff. Yeah, a lot of it was trying to create stuff out of nothing but the main focus of the montauk project became experiments in time trap teleportation was a big part of it obviously mind control and this was all going on essentially during the time of the cold war they also have claims to have contacted with other off-world civilizations saying that the moon landings were not real in the 60s and that we have been on the moon far longer uh, than even pre-World War II. I mean, these are all claims as a part of this program. Which is pretty wild if you think about it. If you really look at a gathering of what today we, con we consider conspiracy theories, a lot of them revolve around alien life form. A lot of them revolve around government involvement into experiments and things that the government did. Black helicopters flying over your house, that type of thing. And you gotta wonder if, if a lot of these conspiracy theories are just offshoots or expansions of the Montauk Project and the Philadelphia Experiment. Uh, I just wanted to touch on one thing, actually. So the Montauk Project, it was very similar to something that was known as the Bulgarian Experiments. Now, if you're not familiar with the Bulgarian Experiments, it was taken up by Professor Marina Boyadijevid. I'm not even going to say her name the right way, so don't try and get me to. <laughs> but that was said that in Bulgaria from 1962 to 1968, Marina asked people to be human guinea pigs. She took in artists, miners, truck drivers, prisoners, mentally ill patients, homeless people, and they all became research subjects involved in up to 140 trials. Now, Marina wanted to experiment with LSD. This was shortly after Timothy Leary's famous 1966 tune-on tune-in drop out and talked about the Beatles with LSD becoming a big movement in the 60s. She said, okay, let's take this LSD, Massive. let's give it to these people, and let's see if we can induce psychosis. And we can study the human reaction to psychosis and how the brain reacts to psychosis. So again, she was kind of taking this drug that everybody finds beautiful nowadays and giving it to people who were already kind of out of their minds to induce this psychosis so that she could study it. Which is pretty incredible. I mean, it's psychological warfare research R&D. At least the TEPS subjects were like willing to it, right? 
you know, she wasn't abducting them unwillingly. I, maybe with her. I think a lot of the other claims that come with it have been against people's will. From looking at it, the Preston Nicholas, who claims that he was abducted against his will, and he says that he was taking control through psychology, all this mind control. It's said that during the early 70s and into the 80s that there were a lot of missing men around the Montauk area, mostly homeless people. And a lot of people said, hey, these guys are being taken up to Camp Hero, Montauk Point, and they are being put through all these different experiments. They're given LSD in huge amounts, and they are trying to read minds they would try to uh, uh, remote view where you kind of close your eyes, you can imagine a place and time and space, and you're there. You're seeing it through your eyes. You can see your surroundings and know what's going on at that exact point in point in time and space. You're aware that you're aware that you are in a certain point. Yeah, you're there. So this kind of all loops back around to the Philadelphia experiment with two men. And and this starts with Al Bilek and Duncan Cameron. Now, Al Bilek and Duncan Cameron both claimed that while the Eldridge was in hyperspace or going through some sort of time wormhole type of thing, that they jumped off the deck of the ship. And when they jumped off the deck of the ship, they landed at Camp Hero in 1983, thus creating some sort of hyperspace wormhole. And then they go on to claim that they met John Van Neumann, who was a famous physicist. And, uh, you know, they met him in 1983 and they had a conversation with him and blah, blah, blah. The only problem is John Van Neumann died in 1957. That's strange. Ufa. To loop John Van Neumann back into this, he supposedly worked on the Philadelphia experiment. But again, the U.S. Navy says, no, that's not true. He never worked with us. But even if he did, are they going to go and say, hey, yeah, he was on our he was on our bill. He came on. He made our ship disappear. Shit was wild. It was good. Another version of the story proposes that research preparing magnetic and gravitational measurements of the sea floor to detect anomalies on Einstein's attempt to understand gravity. To be completely honest, no matter what story they tell you, the only one that really makes sense and is actually plausible at this time, given that Carlos Alande was a liar, given that Al Bilek and Dungy Cameron both seemed kind of out of their fucking minds <laughs> saying that they met somebody that died 30 years previous, That's whatever. Crazy. It kind of seems that degaussing was the only real thing that possibly could have happened. Yes. And I'm sorry, no matter how much you degauss a ship, it doesn't disappear in front of your eyes. No, and it doesn't teleport from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to New York City or or Virginia. But getting back to the Montauk project. <laughs> yeah. Preston Nichols, right? So Mr. Preston, our whistleblower over here, he had these recovered, repressed memories of all sorts of experiments. He's over here talking about making objects appear, and he was talking about the, the SAGE satellites. Did you, did you read anything about that? Yeah, yeah, SAGE satellites. So the deal with the SAGE satellites was during their, their first testing stages, they discovered that after dispersing certain, certain frequencies and pulse durations of the radar system that they could affect and change different people's moods on the base so that they played around with that a lot um pretty much to control people 
They can make them sleepy, angry, happy, whatever they wanted, depending on the frequency and the duration of these these pulses. It's fascinating. But I mean, they've they've done. I mean, the uh, the using using sound as a as a whether it's a controlling technique or a weapon i mean it has been done forever most things that the government does is for war whether it's to prevent a war to start a war to spy on people that we want to go to war with so you got to think during the cold war they were thinking that the russians were doing the exact same thing they were oh yeah the russians are are trying to spy on our on our troops and figure out what we're doing and so they thought that they could do the same exact thing. So, of course, the government is going to sit there and they're going to pour boatloads of money into something that maybe in the 80s they thought was feasible. They didn't know all the science behind it. They're sitting there and they're going, hey, if we can drop a few billion dollars into this and then it works out and we can have somebody that sits there and, and can instill fear in the enemy just using their mind, then why not? It was money well spent. Oh, speaking of the funding, I don't know exactly how accurate it is. But I read in a couple of spots, the, the whole funding scheme was actually pretty interesting. So allegedly scientists that work on the Philadelphia experiment approached Congress looking to fund these Montauk experiments and Congress denied them that funding. So I'm not sure if the scientists directly approached the Department of Defense or if the Department of Defense approached them. But either way, this is where the alleged funding came from. They just handed it over. So it makes sense that they were using it for, you know, warfare purposes. I was trying to find figures of the number of people missing in Montauk, New York in the 80s. I can't really find anything. A report was supposedly prepared and presented to the United States Congress. This is what you're just talking about. Was sounded rejected as far too dangerous. So a proposal was a proposal was made by yes. the US Department of Defense proposing a powerful new weapon that could drive an enemy insane including symptoms of schizophrenia with a touch of a button. So yeah, there you have it. That's part of that's a excerpt on Wikipedia from the Philadelphia experiment. So, and then they're talking about, uh, I guess it's an active laboratory, Brookhaven National Laboratory on Long Island, New York, under the name of the Phoenix Project was soon realized as a project wired a large radar dish and installing one at Brookhaven would compromise security of the project. Luckily, a U.S. Air Force had decommissioned a base at Montauk, New York, not far from Brookhaven. Yeah. Which was Camp Which Hero. equipment was moved to Camp Hero at the Montauk base in the late 1960s. That's where Frank was talking about the SAGE radar installation. During the 80s, these things were going on. These experiments were happening at Camp Hero in Montauk. And supposedly the government was going out into Montauk and they were kidnapping kids. They were kidnapping these, these boys ages 12 to 16 they became known as the montauk boys over the years they've interviewed a couple people that claim to have been a montauk boy one here one there and their stories always kind of sounded outlandish now we come back to preston b nichols preston b nichols says that he was a montauk boy and he he ended up writing the book the montauk project experiments in time the montauk project started focusing on time and displacing time in the movement of time and space and they created something called the montauk chair in the montauk chair somebody would sit and they would focus their thoughts on a specific time and space and even in that chair they would 
focus on creating things out of thin air like we had previously said. One story comes from Preston B. Nichols saying that one day he was put into the chair and out of thin air he created some sort of monster, some sort of beast. It was big, it was hairy, it was, you know, they described it as this monstrous thing that traveled throughout the camp and started eating things and destroying things and kind of fucking up the whole base. They said that they had to go in and they had to destroy the generators and turn off the power and all this other stuff, and that was the only way that the monster could be defeated, I guess. They just cut off the power to the brain. That's, that's why. No shit. (laughs) But this all circles back to a more well-known pop culture thing is Stranger Things. You know, like we had said, it's kind of based on, you know, Stranger Things is based on the Montauk project. And Stranger Things originally was going to be called Montauk. Really? Originally, yes. There's definitely a lot of parallels with um, the Montauk project and the whole entire series. So There's so many things regarding... Camp Hero and the Montauk Project and the Rainbow Project and all these different projects that they were working on. They even said that there was a group of filmmakers that were brought to Camp Hero where they would film the moon landing hoax. That 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 is something I've looked into a little bit. The basic sum of it all is that the government was trying to essentially hack people's brains into doing things that are not humanly possible. At least without some type of manipulation which is just it's absolutely crazy which which brings us into mk ultra which is the wider aspect of this whole thing yeah we will be talking mk ultra how it all loops back around to the montauk project they kind of run hand in hand montauk project put on a new track jacket and became mk ultra I say a track jacket because, you know, Montauk is in New York, which is kind of close to New Jersey. I hope you picked up on that. I hope you're all Bayside fans. (laughs) Um, Camp Hero ends up getting closed. They close down the entire Montauk project. They're done there. They go and apparently there were underground corridors and stuff that was underneath the base. They ended up filling those with concrete and abandoned the Camp Hero. And now it's kind of a, a park. So you're talking you're talking about the some alien monster that they said traveled through that time tunnel. Yeah, and just decimated stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, which is... Which is crazy. And, you know, I mean, there's so much. The problem with the Montauk project is that it does go in Philadelphia Experiment, MK Ultra, and all this other stuff. I mean, it, it goes into, you were talking about homeless people that were showing up with an immense amount of radiation put against them. And that period of time in the 40s, it, it ties into Operation Paperclip and the moon landing hoaxes. And the fact that people were, I mean, you got Nikola Tesla and Einstein all these people that are part of this thing you know (laughs) yeah it was it was definitely just a small little chapter of something bigger for sure and everything kind of spirals out from these conspiracies which is why we said hey let's start our show with this one seems like a pretty good uh starting point i'd say i'd say so there's there's tons of uh there's tons of things i mean you can just look uh, i mean you you just type in the montauk project and click on the first thing you can get and you can start going down that rabbit hole just off of Wikipedia. There are so many things about this program or base or all these other things between UFOs and biological warfare and psychological warfare and 
the fact that Nikola Tesla didn't die. He's <laughs> still there and AIDS was created there and all this other things. You can even go as far-fetched as it's in the same realm of the area of where Lyme disease and all these other weird areas of the Long Island Sound and military bases and Rotten and all these spots. And it's definitely opens the door to a much broader topic. And I will say MK Ultra is definitely a wider topic than just these small things. It is a large book with lots of pages. <laughs> For sure. Not contained whatsoever. No. Make yourself a sweet tinfoil hat strap yourself in and get ready for some craziness next time we meet we will be talking about mk ultra get ready folks all right hushlings if you want to follow us on all our social medias and streaming platforms you can find us on our link tree link that is l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash Hush Hush Society. On there, you can find our Facebook, our Twitter, and our Instagram, along with all the other streaming platforms that you can find us on, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all those other good ones. We thank you all for joining us this week in the Hush Hush Society, Hushlings. We hope that you have learned something. We hope that you are keeping your minds and eyes open for those roaming black helicopters. Oh no, they're coming for us. <laughs> Join us here next time where we will be talking about MK Ultra. It's going to get ultra cool. From all of us here at the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour, I am Mystery Mike. Slick Frank Sanders. And I'm Declassified Dave. Thank you, brethren. Until our next debriefing, remember, the best kept secrets are hidden in plain sight. <laughs>